Today on the show, we go full ham on last night's high limit race, plus news from Bridgeport, the Summer Nationals, and more. Let's go. It's Wednesday, April 26th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. High limit round at number two is in the books. And last night at 34 Raceway in Iowa, it was Anthony Macri going to victory lane. He took the lead from Buddy Kofoid past halfway and held Kyle Larson off at the end for the $23,000 win. Zeb Wise ended up second and Larson third. Larson actually tried to make something happen on the top into turn one on that final lap and ended up jumping the cushion. That ended his bid for the win and allowed Zeb to get by. I sat this morning and watched basically the whole program to see what progress was made from the first show at Lakeside. There were definitely changes and improvements, and that included a new choose cone. Uh, It was bigger, had a light on it uh, to try to make it easier for the drivers to see. I really like the choose cone. I think there is a future for that kind of in dirt racing. I think the announcing from Vince and Dylan Welch was better, although Vince still needs to work on driver names. He kept calling him Polly Giovanni, even though his name is Polly Cola Giovanni. Uh, And it might not be a a terrible idea either to introduce some music to the shows. There's definitely a lot of quiet time. I think that could be uh, helped out a little bit. Overall, though, the show was efficient. They did get better. The racing was good. Still missing some of those big uh, event elements, though, like we talked about before. There were also uh, no takers again on the post-dash dice roll. Uh, I'm sure that won't change really going forward unless the track is really tight or somebody like Larson just decides to go for it on on a night. Uh, they ended up with 51 cars that did include outlaw drivers Casey Kane and Brock Zierfoss. Zierfoss did not race at Lakeside, though, so he had yet to burn one of his four races. The night did include some pretty nasty incidents, including a heat race crash that junked cars for both Connor Morrell and Alex Bowman. This is Connor Morrell's cars on screen. Morrell wheelied a little bit out of four early in heat one, and the car really took off down the track. Bowman had really nowhere to go. Both drivers went for absolutely insane wild rides. Morell's car was destroyed. Uh, both were done for the night after that. We also saw Ian Madsen go for a tumble, uh, and Blake Hahn and Casey Kane got together in the feature. That Hahn-Kane deal was a little strange. The drivers clearly shared words after the, after the incident. Not sure what was said, but neither appeared to be super happy about it. You know, as you might expect, both guys were crashed. I feel like Kane didn't really, you know, look like he had an escape route, though, kind of to avoid the spinning Han. He had Brady Bacon and Bill Baylog to the top and Danny Dietrich and Justin Peck to the bottom. So I'm not really sure where Kane was supposed to go there. Back to the racing out front, though. Kofoy tweeted after the race that he was running out of fuel at the end, which is why he went from the lead to seventh at the checker. I do think Macri was probably better than him, but Kofoy probably should have been on the podium. Uh, Kofoid uh, was in the mix uh, and then suddenly gone from that one. And for Macri, this one felt to me like a big win for new crew chief Joe Mooney. Macri had never seen a 34 raceway before, but Mooney certainly has. Remember, he moved over in the offseason to crew chief the 39, uh, 39M after several years car chiefing Brad Sweet's 49 at KKR. Brad's last two finishes at 34 uh, in outlaw races were a win in 2021 and a third in 2020. Mooney was on those teams. Clearly, he knew what he needed to put under Macri to get him going. And as I said before the season started, that's why you bring in a guy like Mooney. Macri is going to travel more and more, and Mooney's knowledge of these other tracks is going to pay dividends like we saw last night. Some other random thoughts from last night as well. Cole Macedo definitely racking up the frequent uh, flyer miles. He was in California over the weekend in the Tarleton car with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour. He was then at high limit last night with Philip Dietz. We've seen him in Ohio, and he's going to continue to travel a lot more going forward. 
I feel like the crowd last night didn't look super big. Hopefully that's not a trend that continues going forward. The, that field of cars and the money that they're paying out deserves a lot better. Chase Randall was fast again, uh, but he had issues with the right, uh, right rear wheel packing mud. They lost the wheel cover and he ended up out of contention. He's going to run the Outlaw Show Friday at Granite City, then be at Knoxville Saturday in the 360. And right now, I don't know about you, I'm getting big feast or famine vibes from Justin Peck. That dude seems like he's either winning an upfront or spinning out three times in a main event and finishing 21st. His balls out mentality is why he's fun to watch, but I think a little consistency and maybe some better decision making will go a long way. High Limit is back at it again next Tuesday night at Kokomo. And I did want to bring this up today as well. Just something I'm curious about. Last night's total High Limit broadcast on Flow Racing was about five hours. That's not, you know, outside the realm of normality for, for a dirt race you know, on a streaming service. You're going to be in that probably anywhere from four to six hour range. Uh, but for those that tune into these broadcasts live, how much of these are you actually watching? Do you tune in right from the start when the cars are rolling around for hot laps? Do you jump in and out through the night? Do you just watch the feature? Leave me your comment below about what your viewing habits are on a night like this. Uh, before we move on to some news items today, big shout out to new channel members, BJ, Andrew, Steven, Randy, and Ryan. I hadn't done one of these shout outs in a while and I wanted to make sure I did that today. Your added support for what I'm doing here is very much appreciated. If you want to check out the channel membership program, which includes some added perks for a few bucks a month, click the join buttons on these videos or go to youtube.com slash dirt tracker slash join. Uh, also, uh, somebody mentioned in my comments yesterday as well, I talked about uh, subscribing to the channel. Subscribing to the channel is free. All you have to do is hit the button uh, and it will always be free. Subscribing doesn't cost any money. You don't have to put in a credit card number. There's none of that. Subscribing to the channel is literally just making sure that you get notifications and I show up in your feed uh, over on YouTube. So as always, subscribing completely free. Uh, we talked yesterday on the show that uh, about USAC canceling their Wednesday sprint car show at Texarkana 67 Speedway. They have also now canceled the Thursday show at Rocket Raceway Park. National Sprint Cars still have two weekend races coming up at Devil's Bowl, so hopefully they're able to get those in. To see more details, head over to usacracing.com. Up in the Northeast, there have been some developments in New Jersey between a few of the racetracks, uh, and one of them has decided to roll back some recent changes. Matt Williamson won the Super Dirt Car Series show at Bridgeport on Sunday, and afterwards, didn't do a great job hiding his distaste for the racetrack surface in his post-race interview. Between that, some other feedback, and some recent shots across the bow from New Egypt Speedway, Bridgeport has decided to remove their new clay. They put down the surface in the offseason, and like we've seen at, uh, I feel like, several other tracks in the past few years, things just haven't gone well. So they're removing the new stuff, they're going to race the rest of the season on the old surface. They do plan on revisiting this project in the future. Uh, no timetable was given on uh, on this project, and we'll see how this affects the racing and the car counts in the area going forward. Never a lack of drama around the Northeast with some of the series and the tracks. I did want to touch today, too, on the Dirt Car and Summer Nationals money situations. Just a few days ago, Dirt Car announced they are adding $142,000 to the payouts for the regional and national point standings. It's the first significant bump in quite a few years. Every division, all positions, all getting an increase, which will certainly help out all of the local racers under the Dirt Car banner. You can find full run out, uh, rundowns on the payouts over at DirtCar.com. This very much feels like the Dirt Vision effect. People forget a healthy world racing group means more money to spread around. When we talk about streaming revenue, sharing cash, this is the type of stuff that gets overlooked. You know, you, you talk about the top of the sport, those guys wanting get, you know more money from Dirt Vision, more money for bonuses, all of this type of stuff. 
But when a company like World Racing Group is able to do what they're doing, this helps out everyone all the way down. I think this is good news. As for the Summer Nationals, WRG continues to try and find a model that works better for everyone involved. We've seen different points payouts in the last couple of years, different schedule setups. They added tow money. And they're changing things again for 2023 to try to find something better here. This season, the $125,000 points fund for the Hell Tour will be distributed on a weekly basis. Overall standings will still be tabulated for the year, but the money will now get paid out each week to those finishers. According to the release, at the end of each of those weeks of racing, the top 10 in points will be awarded checks from $10,000 for winning down to $500 for 10th. Tow money is still available. But I think this should open up some more flexibility for competitors amid an ever-growing late model schedule around the country. You can find full details over at DirtCarSummerNationals.com. If you're looking for other dirt racing podcasts this week, Wing Nation has Kyle Larson and Danny Dietrich. Loud Pedal has Zeb Wise. Passing Points has Craig Mintz. Quick Time has Eric Arnold. Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks has Scott Delosio and Matt Mitchell. All Gas No Breaks has Tristan Moran, Todd Cooney, and others. Hoagie's Garage has Darren Pittman, Brian Schnee, and Dan Greep, and there are new episodes of Dirt Reporters, The Dirt Nerds, and Dirt Track Confessions. To see the full list of shows, check out dirttracker.com slash podcasts. Uh, streaming schedule today, just Duravision now and Flow Racing 24-7. Uh, pretty quiet today after the uh, getting that high-limit show on Tuesday. If you want to see the full daily streaming schedule, head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Hope you guys have a good Wednesday out there. We'll be right back here tomorrow.